Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Bear's Moving Markets podcast. It's Thursday, the 5th of October, and my name is Helen Freer. So we had ADP employment data out in the US yesterday. On today's show, I'll be talking about this and more market news with my colleague, Mike Rauber. And Carsten Menker also joined us this morning, and I'm looking forward to getting Carsten's latest thoughts on gold. But first up is Mike with the market news. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Helen. So on Tuesday, we got surprisingly strong job creation data for August. But then yesterday, the ADP employment report painted a more subdued picture. Can you start perhaps by telling us a bit more about this? So yes, the employment report for September by the US private firm ADP, which manages payrolls on behalf of companies, showed job growth of only 89,000 last month. Now that might sound like a lot, but it is actually the weakest since the beginning of 2021. And data later in the morning also pointed towards growth in the U.S. services sector, moderating last month. Now, following the release of these reports, traders dialed back expectations that the U.S. Federal Reserve will raise rates in November, so when it meets next time, to less than 50%. And the U.S. dollar also saw some weakness. But uh, Helen, please keep in mind, the most important report on the current state of the U.S. labor market is not due until tomorrow, Friday, when the Bureau of Labor Statistics releases the non-farm payrolls report for September. According to Bloomberg, expectations are for an increase of 170,000. Okay, and how did markets react then yesterday? So it was really a typical case of bad news in the job market, if one wants to call it bad news, is now good news for financial markets. The 10-year U.S. Treasury yield dropped, and it is at 4.71% this morning, as traders dialed back interest rate expectations following the mentioned uh, softer economic data releases. U.S. equity bounced, with the S&P 500 up 0.8%, and the Nasdaq rising 1.4% on the strengths of some large-cap tech names. Although, as so often this year, small caps did not participate in the bounce yesterday. The VIX index, a measure of investor fear, and it is widely followed, dropped to 18.5 points. Uh, This is really a level not associated with a lot of fear, despite plenty of concerns uh, that you can hear out there in the market. And maybe to add, Helen, given the drop in equity markets in recent weeks, many investors now have a close eye on key support levels for equity indices. Our technical analysts note that for the S&P 500, it is the 200-day moving average at 4,203 points. So at yesterday's close of 4,263 points, it is still well above this technically important level. Okay, so you've talked about US equities rising, but I saw that oil stocks actually fell sharply. So what's the story there? Quite simply, oil dropped 5% yesterday, with crude below $85 a barrel this morning. And lower oil prices are indeed good news for consumers and central bankers, given the inflationary impact of higher prices. Now, yesterday's decline in oil came after official U.S. data showed the weakest seasonal demand for gasoline in 25 years and a small build in crude holdings at the largest storage hub in the U.S., Clearly, high prices at the gasoline station are starting to bite many drivers. Our research analysts have a cautious view on oil, uh, keep in mind, and they highlight the high storage levels globally, while consumption is likely to be stagnant. 
And I've also seen a report that's doing the rounds in financial markets about the fact that losses on longer dated treasuries are beginning to rival some of the most notorious market meltdowns in U.S. history. Yes. So according to a Bloomberg report, U.S. treasuries maturing in 10 years or more have dropped 47% since their peak in March 2020 on the back of the yield increases from very low levels. Now compare this with the drop or the loss in U.S. equities of 49% during the dot-com crash in the early 2000s. Many high-quality U.S. corporate bonds issued when interest rates were low have also seen steep declines with the rise in treasury yields. Now on the flip side, now some good yields can be found in high-quality household investment grade names. So a rather interesting time in the bond markets now where yields have not been this high in more than 15 years. Okay, thanks, Mike. And anything else to report on before we move on? Yeah, just quickly, data for August out of Germany reported just this morning showed that exports fell a greater than expected 1.2%. But interestingly, also imports dropped 0.4%, while again was there expected. So it will be interesting to see what the industrial production figures for France and Spain will be this morning when they're released. And to end just on a bright note, Asia is following the bounce in U.S. shares with the Nikkei 225 up 1.4% and Hong Kong's Hang Seng 0.6% higher. Shanghai remains closed for the week due to the uh, National Golden Week holiday. Very good. Thanks very much, Mike, for the roundup this morning. Thank you, Helen. Now, Carsten, great to have you on the show this morning as well. Good morning, firstly. Good morning, Helen. So I want to ask you about gold this morning. It's taken quite a hit this week, and I assume this is all about the US dollar rallying and US bond yields rising. Is that right? Yes, indeed. So if we look back, gold has been very resilient thus far this year, considering the stronger US dollar and high US bond yields. That said, more recently, Um, gold was really not able anymore to absorb the increasing pressure any longer. Sounds like you don't see a change in the underlying fundamentals then. No, we don't. So at first sight, such a steep sell-off may seem like a major change of the fundamental backdrop. But in our view, it is just a catch-up with unfavorable fundamentals and a confirmation of the economic trends that have established themselves during the past few weeks and months. So first, We have this surprisingly strong U.S. economy and the rather low likelihood of a U.S. recession, which is weighing on safe haven demand. Second, we have higher for longer U.S. interest rates, and they are a drag on investment demand because more attractive alternatives can be found in U.S. treasuries, which is luring safe haven seekers away from the gold market. And third, there are no more signs of systemic stress in the U.S. banking system following the turbulences experienced in spring. Yet, this premium that was priced into gold back then only started to disappear during the current correction. And of course, after such a steep sell-off, the question is, how low can it go? Or have we reached the bottom? Do you think gold investors have already capitulated? Well, judging by the sharpness and of the steepness of this current correction, we are indeed seeing signs of capitulation. So this is short-term speculative traders throwing the towel in the gold futures market. Uh, Short positions, which are bets on falling prices, have already been on the rise before. But long positions, which are bets on rising prices, they are still around average levels. So there is still some room uh, to go. But clearly, 
the mood in the futures market has become more and more bearish, which will likely lead to an undershooting of prices. And do you think this is a buying opportunity? Well, as always in life, it depends. Uh, it depends on your time horizon and your risk appetite. So if you are a short-term speculative trader and you want to bargain hunt, you may try. But if you are a longer-term buy-and-hold investor, you should rather stay on the sidelines. And why is, why is that? Well, looking ahead, we see a continuation of these three trends I've mentioned uh, before. And we expect a further fading of safe haven demand as a result. So with this in mind, we reiterate our 12-month target of 1725 US dollars per ounce of gold and remain cautious. Okay. Thanks very much, Carsten. Interesting to hear your latest thoughts on this this morning. You're welcome. Thanks a lot for having me. So that is all for today. Thanks very much to today's guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe and please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. We'd love to hear your feedback. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be speaking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets, including Richard Tang, our head of research in Hong Kong, who'll be giving us an update on China. Until then, have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer, we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.